0: Hey guys, it's Halloween and I can't think of anything scarier than disco music. Yay. So tonight we're going to actually have a t- huge disco twofer, it turns out, which surprised me. I didn't remember the Halloween that almost wasn't well enough to remember the disco at the end, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a, a Halloween sort of mini-sode where we're going to talk about two Halloween classics. Uh, they're specials, they're not TV movies. It is the Pauline Halloween special and the Halloween that almost wasn't. 2 tried and true variety special allegations of monsters and Paul Lind and gay humor and truck stops. It's wonderful. It's weird. <laughs> it's like being on drugs. We're going to love it. So, let me just go ahead and get started. Are you ready? Yes. No. <laughs> no, I
1: I've, I've, I've just
0: got
1: I've just got water and I'm ready to sing Disco Baby whenever you need me to.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I didn't pull any clips from the music from the Paul Lynn Halloween special that had lyrics because I just couldn't bring myself <laughs> to do it with one exception, but it actually wasn't a Paul Lynn song. Yeah. But we'll talk about those in a minute. Nate, what are you wearing?
2: Um, a shirt that says made in the 80s. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, were you, you were made in the 80s, actually, weren't you? I was. I was made in the 70s. Yeah, me too. I like too. the 70s. Not quite as cool. Mm-hmm. I was made in the back of a van. Were you? I, that's not true. No, oh. <laughs> that's not true. I, I I was made in a regular suburban house like most everybody else on the planet. Okay, so anyway, so tonight we're talking about two uh, wonderful Halloween specials, one of which I had actually never seen until this week. So that'll be really fun. But first, we're going to start. So last year, we did the Midnight Hour, and then we just did like a random... Uh, like move, horror movies we like to watch around Halloween, and I pulled a bunch of clips, and you can pull up that episode if you want to listen to that. Um, but Nate wasn't able to make it because I think a friend of his had a baby. It was so rude, by the way. Um, I was really upset about it. So we decided that this time we would give Nate his first five minutes with his intro. So here we go. And
1: now it's time for five minutes with Nate.
2: I like to watch uh, Halloween Of course, because, you know, I I do love the Halloween series. (laughs) I really like Trick or Treat. You know, the newer one, the anthology. Have both of you seen that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And did you both like it? It's very good. I did. Yeah. Yes. Oh, great.
0: It's upsetting, Um, though. You know the the segment that's on the bus with, like, the mentally retarded kids? I I don't like it.
2: My favorite segment is the um, Little Red Riding Hood. I won't spoil that one, but you know what I mean. I think that's probably mine too. Yeah, that's one with Anna Paquin. Yes.
0: <sighs> Before she I went, know. I think and the the middle one dated a vampire. <laughs> that's right. How ironic.
2: Um, so, what are some and, other movies? Nate? Let's see. I mean, those were uh, the. I like to watch. You know what's you know, I guess fall movies. I like to keep it fall. I love Night of the Demons, the original. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I prefer the original to the remake. I mean, that's that's really uh, probably my staples. I did watch Pet Cemetery recently. That movie is very sad.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen Pet Cemetery since it came out. I saw it at the drive-in, and I remember not really liking it. But everybody talks about it like it's this classic. Do you think I should revisit it?
2: Yeah, I, I would. But I think it's kind of a downer movie. I mean, it's I mean it's so depressing. It's a it's one of the more depressing horror films I think I've seen.
1: And it does have that. But it has one Dale tri- Midkiff. True.
2: True. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very true.
1: <laughs> and it, 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 it does have that no, it thing doesn't. where, oh, uh, it, it has that thing where the um in the, in the book, it's mentioned that they live by this busy street. The trucks go up and down. It's left to your imagination. But then when you see it in the movie, it looks crazy that anyone would build a house and put a family in it that close right. to that street. Right. So that that was that was one hurdle I had to hop over because I'd read the book first.
2: I see. I can understand that. I, I just um, live- I just felt really bad for um, the family. Although, to be honest with you, after the very first time that uh, the little boy like gets too close to the road um, and it becomes you know a, a scare at the very beginning of the movie, I'm just thinking to myself, I would probably immediately be like, okay, fencing company, I need a fence around this yes. house immediately. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you put invisible fence in your kid. Can you do that, like with the dog, <laughs> in their neck or something? A little invisible fence. Right. So it beats. You should do that. And Jimmy stops.
0: <laughs> we should try that. We should make Pet Cemetery Three and just do an experiment, like we hire the kid, not tell them that we're the parent that we're going to use them as a fencing experiment. What do you think? I
1: I, th- no. I think that's that's a perfectly plausible idea.
2: Yeah, I would really like to see <laughs> the audience reaction to that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to start a Kickstarter for it this weekend, so keep an eye out.
2: Oh, awesome. Pet Cemetery
0: 3, I have all the rights. I have all the rights. Um, <laughs> um, what other movies do you like to watch, Nate? Do you watch any TV movies around Halloween?
2: Um, no, um, uh, TV movies. I can't think of any TV movies I watch around Halloween. I do have some, a Christmas one I watch every year, but I'm sure you already know which one that is. I think we've got a pretty is it good idea. for the Holidays? It's absolutely home for the holidays I watch it every December
0: So, I mean, have you seen The Midnight Hour, Nate?
2: I've seen The Midnight Hour I really liked it I loved it as a kid um, And I really like it as an adult Um, Although it's been It's been a few years since I last watched it, actually
0: Because it's an actual Halloween movie You know, like it takes place at Halloween You should try to incorporate that into your uh, Monthly, your yearly viewing
2: yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing. One of the um, specials we watched will be incorporated into my yearly viewing. Oh! Uh,
0: I was thinking we would get started with the Halloween that almost wasn't. Are are you ready for that, Dan?
2: I am. I am.
0: And so it's a sad day here in Transylvania
1: tonight. For unless the witch can be found in time and persuaded to take her broom
2: ride over the moon at midnight, it means the end of Halloween.
0: What's going to happen, Mom? Are we going to have a Halloween or not? It's all up to the witch now. And
2: So I can say that the mood here in Transylvania is one
1: filled with deep gloom and anxiety. For without Halloween, the future of the world's most famous monsters looks very bleak indeed. ABC, October 28th, 1979, the Halloween that almost wasn't. Also known as The Night Dracula Save the World, which I think is a bit of a presumptuous title. But The Night Dracula Save the World is a half hour, shot on film, super fun, uh, kids special. And basically in the, in the town of Transylvania, right before Halloween, there's an announcement that uh, Halloween may be ending and they're blaming Dracula. Well, Dracula, who's played by Judd Hirsch, is doing no such thing. So he, with the help of his, uh, his sidekick uh, Igor, his servant Igor, played by Henry Gibson, he calls together all the monsters right before Halloween to figure out what's going on. And they all show up, the werewolf, Frankenstein monster, a zombie, a mummy, and the witch, played by Marriott Hartley. And Dracula is very much uh, large and in charge of these monsters, and he's standing up saying, what's going on? You know, you guys got to knock it off. Apparently a lot of them are, the monsters are sort of exploiting their fame. Frankenstein monster is doing a lot of dancing after the success of young Frankenstein uh, the wolf man is shaving himself for uh, razor blade commercials
2: I have called you here tonight to warn you you have exploited your monsterhood so much that you are no longer scary people are laughing at you instead of shrieking now someone has started the rumor that there is to be no more Halloween and all of you are guilty especially you shaving your beard and your hands just to make a razor blade commercial how could you do such a thing and you letting that movie influence you so much that now instead of terrifying the countryside what are you doing you're tap dancing i like tap dancing oh you like tap dancing i'll give you tap dancing
1: well it turns out that it was the witch who uh is circulating this theory that halloween is going to end because she is sick of uh, uh, how ugly she is. She's sick of being second in command to Dracula all the time. She's sick and getting less of the merchandising royalties than he gets. She's not having it anymore. And she points out to Dracula, who's trying to sort of strong arm her, that Halloween can't begin until she flies over the moon at midnight. And she says she's not going to do it unless Dracula gives in to her demands and, and she, she gets to more or less be in charge. Dracula won't do it. It's Judd Hirsch. So she takes off and the majority of the episode – the majority of the show, I'm sorry, is basically first Dracula tries to smooth talk the witch. He becomes a bat and he flies alongside her. Hey, baby. You know, and that doesn't work. Then they try to strong arm her when they go into her house and they grab her and everything. But she brings several like – cavalier musketeers to life to attack everyone. There's a lot of slapstick running around, you know, where, like, the camera is set down and you see all the way down a hallway and people run in and out of doors. And finally, he he ends up talking to her through a door. Dracula ends up talking to the witch through a door just trying to convince her she's got to get out there. She's got to fly over the moon. Halloween is, is too important to everybody. It's It's Dracula's national holiday. And the witch isn't going to do it. She's not going to fly. But... And this is the ending, and I don't think it's, it's going to kill anyone to hear the ending right here. Two little kids who we see randomly throughout the episode who really love Halloween show up, and one of them is dressed as a witch, which melts the witch's witchy heart. And she says, yes, provided that Dracula follows all the rules, I will fly over the moon and welcome in Halloween. Also, we have to go disco dancing every night. To which Dracula's a little confused, but but he's he's up for it. And it ends with, the witch flies over the moon, Halloween can begin, and the closing credits take place over a hot disco party. That's the Halloween that almost wasn't, and As it's it awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah. So wh- what did you guys think, Nate? What did you think?
2: The Halloween that almost wasn't, but was, is mm-hmm. um, a really reference. good... <laughs> yeah, it is. Um no, I really I really liked it. I thought it was a, a lot of fun, uh, all the different characters in it. And I really love the witch. And I love, absolutely love that one of her demands is to go disco dancing. Yes. I thought that was just amazing. <laughs> that she wants to go <laughs> disco dancing. Um, and I, I do love that, you know, the kids are able to, you know, kind of uh, get her back in the spirit of things. And she's going to go fly, you know, over the moon, mm. um, as she, you know, should do on Halloween. So I mean, overall, I thought it was a very nice, you know, kind of feel-good um, little Halloween short. Is it a short film? Was it a like a? I'm guessing it was like a short film. It it was it was
1: a it was a half-hour TV. Sp- I'd call it a short film just because it's shot like a film. There's no laugh track to it, and it's it's edited yeah. like a, so. Yeah. But uh, Amanda, what what are your thoughts on the Halloween that almost wasn't?
0: Well, you know, I had actually never seen this before, so... Uh, I And, you know, my husband loves this movie. And for whatever reason, I just missed it when I was eight, or I caught it, but I don't remember it. But I can't imagine that's the case. So all these years have gone by. It's been on video. It's not like it hasn't been available. I had missed out on, like, what I think is a really, really fun 30-minute special. I think Judd Hirsch is so into being Dracula. It's contagious. Mm-hmm. It is so much fun to watch him chew the scenery. And he's having yes. a blast. Marriott Hartley, of course, is always great. Um, she's so much fun. I, I strangely related to her in terms mm. of that i'm tired of being a witch i'm tired of being ugly like that's kind of how i felt as a kid and i think had i seen this when i was mm-hmm. really young i probably would have really 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 been invested in mary hartley's character as it stands i think she ended the way we all should end up and that's in an awesome red dress at a disco much like wendy from prom night but not dead afterwards so that's the upshot of that special but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought the humor was really good. Um, it worked most of the time. I didn't feel like it fell flat as an adult to watch a lot of the jokes, even if some of them were obvious. I thought the mm-hmm. actors were great. Jack Riley's in it, which was really nice to see him as the werewolf. He just passed away a few months ago. I'm a big fan of his from Bob Newhart Show. I don't know who played the mummy, but they got a really nice paycheck for doing absolutely nothing. And I yes. love them for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um. I I first saw this, I think probably when it aired, I would have watched it with my sister, most likely. And we saw it. They they used to show it. I think they showed it for a few years because I seem to remember having seen it quite often. And a few years ago, I got a copy of the VHS, which is titled The Night Dracula Saved the World, which I find to be a really odd title. And I, I'm a big fan of sort of monsters all getting together and hanging out, like in Mad Monster Party or uh, The Monster Squad and the TV show Monster Squad. So this is one I really get a kick out of. And it's directed by Bruce Bilson, who was all over TV at that time. Mm. He directed the big the big three-part Sheriff Lobo, BJ and the Bear crossover, Run for the Money, set in Vegas, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Wow. So, uh yeah, I, I'm. I'm a big fan of it. I there. There was a theory posited years ago that all Halloween specials from this time period either ended one of two ways: either the person you thought was really bad turns out to be actually really good, or disco party. This obviously takes the latter. <laughs> so, so. I, I, I I think it's a lot of fun. As it should. I mean, it's, yes, it's it's not like um you know, it's not like a super fast paced thing apart from when they're running really fast, but, but that just gives you more time to sort of spend with the characters and and they're really fun. Yeah. And Judd Hirsch, it turns out he plays a heck of a, heck of a Dracula. I mean, I mean this was, um, 1979, the year of, uh, Frank Langella's Dracula and, oh, uh,
0: right,
1: and, and cliffhangers, uh, a favorite show of mine had a segment curse of Dracula. The, sure. um, Uh, what, what, what the guy's name is Meko or Mako M E C O. He's the guy who had the big star Wars disco cantina. Oh yeah. This year he, he had an album out called moon dancer and on moon dancer is like a six or seven minute long disco track called kiss me Dracula or is it love me Dracula? I forget which, but yeah, this, this happened to be one of those times when
0: it wasn't Mako the Asian actor.
1: No, no, it wasn't. It was, uh, it's, he's a kind of a, I think he's, he's like, he's kind of a little bald guy. I've seen pictures of him. So yeah. Yeah. Dracula was sort of in the, in the air as it were. So yeah, I've got, I, I enjoy the heck out of it. Can, may may I just, I'll just go around once. Uh, and then, uh, we can, we can move on the Nate. What was your favorite part of it? Apart from disco party.
2: Oh, well, disco party was my favorite part. But, <laughs> I <do it>. um, <laughs> aside from that, um, I think uh, I really, really liked it. Maybe it was my soft heart, but I really liked the kids kind of, you know, getting the witch to, you know, get back in the spirit. I thought that was really nice.
1: Yeah. Amanda?
0: I like the witch's demands. I like mm-hmm. that she was tired of uh, having to kowtow to dracula so when she pulled out her list of demands i thought it was a really awesome it, scene because it was this huge list like the the scroll yes. that came out was hilarious mm. and it just was really funny and um and i i guess in general my favorite part is probably mariette hartley because the way her delivery was so great it was so like a uh, kind of like gum chewing Almost out yeah. of like a film noir, but not like the, the femme fatale, like the woman that works at the restaurant that the main guy would always go into. What's up, tricks? You know what I mean? She had this yeah. kind of style about her that was really funny. And I also thought Jonathan Shook was really good. And I love that scene where he talks about how much he likes dancing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was actually, that's my, my favorite scene is is when all the monsters arrive. Because they all come in through the fog. And you can see the Fragasite monster approaching. And it's scary just for a second. And you say, oh, it's John Shug. And he does a little dance and knocks over like a statue. So it's great. It's great.
0: <laughs> it's adorable. So,
1: it, it's absolutely adorable. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. I think it's, it is it is one of my favorite specials along with probably, say, like maybe Witch's Night Out. The Canadian cartoon. If you guys have ever seen that.
0: You know, I haven't seen that either.
1: Oh. Oh, I think that's on um I think that's on YouTube. You could probably check it out. I think. Maybe.
0: Cool. I need to. I only saw yeah. Mr. Boogity for the first time, like recently.
1: Really? Oh, Mr. Boogity's fun. Isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Phew. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> um, so that's that's <laughs> I, I was I wasn't sure I wasn't sure what your uh, thought was on it.
0: I have, uh, have background.
1: Oh yes, let's hear it.
0: Yeah, so everybody listening, I'm going to try to edit this as best as I can, but we're on a time delay, so um, bear with us here because it's taking me a couple of minutes to figure out who's saying what. Okay, so The Halloween That Almost Wasn't ran alongside a special called Halloween is Grinch Night, which I have never seen. It aired on NBC. Uh, against uh, 60 Minutes on CBS. And what kid is going to watch 60 Minutes? Okay, I watch 60 Minutes, I confess. But really, who's going to watch it besides me? Also, uh, maybe that's what I was watching in 1979. I don't know. I used to watch it every Sunday. And it also ran against Part 2 of Gus, the Pigskin Mule, which was a Disney Wonderful Wonderful World of Disney special that they used to air every Sunday. So, um, and I don't remember that one at all, but Dick Van Patton's in it, so it's probably worth seeing. And directly after the Halloween, that almost wasn't aired. Um, They premiered Mork and Mindy's um, episode, A Merkville Horror, which is an episode that sounds familiar, but I'm not sure I remember the exact story. This movie was actually shot at night at a place called the Lyndhurst Castle in Tarrytown, New York, which is where they also shot House of Dark Shadows and Night of Dark Shadows. Um, the mansion was commissioned by the new york mayor in the eighteen hundreds and it was designed by andrew jackson davis who is best known for his work in the gothic revival Sometime later a second owner of the estate had it expanded to twice its size and it is now a museum um, i actually t- took stills from the special and I got stills from the interior of the house and so if you come to our website which we will give you the URL at the end of this you'll be able to do a side-by-side comparison of what the interior of the house looked like in 1979 and what it looks like now which is basically the same actually. This one in Emmy for outstanding individual achievement uh, for children's program and it had three other emmy nominations and as dan said it was released on vhs as dracula saves the world and that was all i was actually able to pull up from the special which surprises me because it has such a cult following
1: yeah i i all i knew about it was that it was shot in Terrytown, but that's it and i'm not 100 percent sure where in new york state Terrytown is but it sounds like a fun place doesn't it Terrytown, just sounds fun does
0: let's yeah, go they
1: have a lot They'd have a lot of cotton candy. Let's do it. They'd have a lot of cotton candy or something like that. You know, I don't I don't know. (laughs) They're fun at Halloween. They really are.
0: Apparently, this Terrytown, this Linter's Castle got some action as far as filming goes. And I guess it's gothic look really worked. I think it's just interesting that they didn't shoot it on a set. Because it kind yeah. of felt like a set to me, so I was I was surprised that it was actually an interior of an actual house.
1: I think maybe that's something to do with the lighting. Some of the lighting uh, in, like the uh, when when everybody enters, all the monsters enter. It it does have a bit of a feel of a set to it, and uh, but it's not. It's the uh, you know probably the corner of this enormous house. So awesome! Yay!
0: It, does anybody else have any factoids? Any other factoids?
1: No, oh.
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't ever expect Nate to have him, but you never know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm awful uh, about that. That's okay. I, I don't.
1: Yeah, I don't think you need to. I, I didn't. I didn't really have any apart from the location. So uh, yeah, if that, that was the Halloween that almost wasn't. Uh, if if uh, no one has anything else, I'm gonna go on to our next special. Friday, a Halloween special starring Paul Lynn. I'm turning myself on. And his special guests, Tim Conway, Florence Henderson, Donnie and Marie Osmond, Pinky Tuscadero, and the incredible Kiss. Then, Rosemary's baby has come of age. For her
2: birthday,
1: boy. Satan has come to reclaim his son. No! Due to mature subject matter, parental discretion is advised. Look what's happened to Rosemary's baby right after Paul Lynn. Friday, starting at 8, 7 Central and Mountain on ABC. I almost feel like that parental warning should have uh, also uh, been an enforcement possibly for the Paul (laughs) Lynn Halloween special. Uh, So it's basically, it's, it's a variety show. It's a 50 minute long special and Paul Lynn, it begins with Paul Lynn getting all the holidays wrong. He thinks it's Christmas. He thinks it's Easter. He thinks it's Valentine's day, but it's Halloween. And his housekeeper played by Margaret Hamilton uh, says, "Yeah, yeah, it's Halloween. You know, it's Halloween. And Uh, They try to, uh, Paul and Margaret try to enjoy the holiday, but they end up uh, singing a song from Bye Bye Birdie called Kids. And at the end of this song, uh, Paul Lynde is stuffed into a garbage can by Donnie and Marie Osmond. And so he decides, along with Margaret, that they're going to get the heck out of the city. And Margaret drives him to a big house in the middle of nowhere where her is it her sister? I forget where who it is. Um, but uh, it's basically a Witchy Poo from um, H&R R. Puff and Stuff, I believe. And Witchy Poo and Margaret Hamilton. Here's a surprise. Margaret Hamilton's a witch. And Witchy Poo's a witch too. They're mm. both witches and they brought Paul in there for a uh, purpose. Paul in is so popular and everyone likes Paul in so much. Give me
0: rise. <laughs> Your Paul? Oh, uh, not necessarily. But you promised me a date with Paul Newman. Well, I've been told there is a striking resemblance. Right around the chin. Uh, yes. Well, we can remove that with a little lotion, do we? If you couldn't get Paul Newman, why didn't you get some other famous Paul? Paul Williams, or, uh, Paul McCartney, Les Paul, Paul Moll, St. Paul. Why, Paul Lynn? He was available! I'm afraid he just won't do. I won't do what? What hey, what's she got in mind? When I won the contest. I won a date with Paul Newman. I won first prize, not booby prize. <laughs> Goodbye, booby. I've got a cauldron at home on low bubble. We'll meet again, Mr. Lynde, when you're somebody. She has a striking resemblance to Betty White. <laughs> Then so many witches do.
1: <laughs> People don't really like witches. They don't think well of witches. We just saw that in the previous. Well, in the, in the last, in the, the Halloween that almost wasn't, the witch didn't think too highly of herself and what was happening. In this, the witches want Paul Lynde's help to help change their image. And uh, Billy Barty is their butler. And so there's some, you know, short jokes. And somehow, witches the witches give Paul Lynde three wishes. For his first wish, he decides to be a trucker. And we we can talk about the, the, the segments individually when I get to the end. He says he wants to be a trucker in the first one. He wants to be a sheik in the second one. And in the third one, he decides to give that one to the witches who want to go. They want to go to like a Hollywood club. And they basically want to go disco dancing is what it is. So more disco dancing. And the whole thing ends with big disco dancing and Kiss is there. Kiss plays a few songs. From their Destroyer album. And uh, Roz Pinky Tuscadero Kelly shows up. Tim Conway shows up. It's huge. Betty White even appears for a few seconds. And the audience is in constant hysterics at some things that I don't even know are actual <laughs> jokes. So so uh, we, we, can, we, we can let's uh, – what, what I'd like to do just is I'd like to ask you both your opinion of first uh, the whole thing overall. And then the trucker scene, the chic scene, and then anything else you want to talk about. So we'll start uh, with Nate. What are your overall thoughts on the Paul Lund Halloween special?
2: Uh, It's fantastic. I mean, this is going to work its way into my rotation every year, just because it's so. I mean, it's it's great. There's like so many awesome um, celebrities, you know, in this special. I mean, it was it was terrific to get to see Margaret Hamilton, you know, kind of spoof, you know, the wicked witch character. I I love her as the wicked witch of the west. So it was a lot of fun watching her here. Um it was a lot of fun seeing Paul Lind um compare his looks to Paul Newman. Yes. Um you know, must be the chin. <laughs> um, but no, I thought that was fun. And I love uh, Betty White's, uh, you know, little cameo scene where she calls him a booby prize. Mm. Um, but I mean, overall, I think it's a very, very fun. I mean, it's it's almost an hour long, and it feels like it's about twenty minutes. You know, it just kind of breezes by so quickly. But I mean, uh, yeah, I know we're going to do each one in detail, but my overall thoughts are ten out of ten.
1: Nice. Nice. Amanda, wow. what about you?
0: I'm a I'm a fan. Now, I saw this a few years ago. I wrote about it for a blogathon for Halloween or variety shows or something, and I'd had a bootleg of it for years, and I just never watched it because a lot of variety specials are like they're fun in theory, but they're not necessarily fun to watch. So, I kind of held off on it, and then I found an excuse to watch it. And I have to be honest, it, the humor is written by Bruce Valanche, and it sounds like Bruce Valanche humor. It's not really particularly funny all the time, but it, it's sort of, it starts surreal, but it actually picks up into something kind of fun, and I think once they get to the actual party and Kiss shows up, um, it actually becomes like a really solid kind of entertainment show, and I get really into it. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't need to hear Florence Henderson sing anymore, but um, she looks <laughs> fabulous in that dress. and. And I think that the segments are so, the, the sketches are so ridiculous and fun. I find it really hard not to enjoy it, even though for like the first 20 minutes, there's a little bit of grimacing on my side. Because it's hard to sort of, if you're not in the mood when you sit down to watch it, it takes a few minutes to kind of, uh, you know, acclimate to the, uh, the gags. But yeah, I think it's really good. This is like my third or fourth time watching it. I enjoy it. Um, I think also because I've seen the Telly Savalas Who Loves You Baby variety show or special, I I'm um, I know that there's one thing not as good as this.
1: <laughs> I have not seen that yet, but I hope to one day. Oh. Um, I, I, <laughs> it's good. I, I, think, I, I think overall... I, I really get a kick out of the Paul Lind Halloween special. It it does, yeah, it is that, that Bruce Valanche humor that doesn't generally make me laugh, but there is something infectious about everyone giving it their all. Although Kiss on occasion, um, during the disco party scene, when they're kind of like standing on a balcony, they look a bit like, wow, what are we doing here? I thought, <laughs> I'm a little confused by this <laughs> disco party. Um, but... Uh, I it, it is sort of infectious fun and Paul Lind is trying really hard. Even when he, he gets awful jokes, he has to deliver. He's trying his best and Tim Conway's in there punching away, you know, and um uh you know, Pinky's in there. Well Roz Kelly's in there and poor Roz Kelly as uh you know, this this aired I, I what was it, uh two months or so, month and a half after she had appeared as Pinky Tuscadero for the first two episodes of the Fourth season of Happy Days and she never appeared again so they must have but but they promoted her heavily before the season started with commercials like you know the Fonz has a girlfriend her name is Pinky and it's like oh my gosh this is going to be so great then she was in the two episodes and never appeared again so by time the Halloween special aired Roz Pinky Tuscadero Kelly I, I, I hope she wasn't that wasn't a problem because she wasn't Pinky anymore she was in a blansky's beauty somewhere around here but that was only briefly so overall i think it's a heck of a lot of fun and i think we need to discuss the trucker sequence nate what do you think of the trucker sequence
2: um it's very interesting I wouldn't have imagined paul <laughs> wish to be a trucker uh that was a little bit of a shocker to me <laughs> um <laughs> Um, but, you know, I thought him and Tim Conway were, were very funny in um, in the sketch. I mean, it was ridiculous. And I'm sorry, but every time I see Roz Kelly, all I can think about is New Year's Evil. I can't sure. even think about Happy Days. I just think about New Year's <laughs> Evil. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I love their, their testing their strength when, <laughs> you know, Tim Conway bends the chair and, <laughs> Paul does this, you know, like this karate chop very barely hitting a table and it breaks it now. <laughs> yeah. And the, the truck busting through the wall is hysterical because the people in the restaurant don't really seem to have much of a reaction to a truck, you know, busting <laughs> through the restaurant. It's like, oh, you know, no big deal. You know, hopefully somebody can clean that up. Um, no, and I love the um, their little battle over her and what wins her over in the end is that Paul has the most money. Yeah. Uh, um, but no, I mean it was it was a really fun sequence and um I'm very curious as to what you both thought of
0: uh Paul's uh trucker
2: outfit.
1: Amanda, <laughs> would you would you like to discuss Paul's trucker outfit?
0: I would. I love every inch of Paul in this outfit because first of all, we have to discuss the mat of red hair that they glued to his chest. That is like so horrifying and wonderful at the same time. And I love that he's the rhinestone trucker. I love it. I I don't know why they thought he would look good as a ginger, like, and like a, like a overly hairy ginger, but, and I don't know that there's truckers that look like that exactly, but it's wonderful. It's so surreal. And I think having Tim, so I had, until Dan just mentioned it, I had kind of, been forgetting about the supporting cast, which is so wonderful. And I think getting Tim Conway in there really did the specialist service because he's funny no matter what kind of material he's saddled with. And he does such a good job in this segment without really doing much at all. He's just so funny that, um, you can kind of rely on him to make you laugh even if the jokes fall flat. But as far as Paul Lin, so uh, Nate mentioned the karate chop. My favorite part of the scene is where he saunters up to the table before he karate chops it. And he gives it this, and I don't want to do like a stereotype, but it's such a stereotype, like a gay, very feminine, hi yeah, to the table. And then he (laughs) saunters back with this little wiggle. And it's like the (laughs) funniest thing I've ever seen. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. And it it makes me laugh every time I watch it. And um, even though I was talking about how Surreal it is, and you have kind of have to acclimate to the humor. I do think that this segment is hilarious. I always laugh, despite my telling myself I shouldn't. You know, I know better, but mm-hmm. it's still really funny to me.
1: I'm I'm all for Paul Lind as a, as, as a trucker. Uh, Tim Conway I could see as a trucker for some reason but Paulin, it was a bit of a revelation to me when cuz the the scene opens up with the the two of that We you know with the split screen and tim conway's on one side saying yeah. some trucker talk and Paulin's on the other side uh, some trucker talk and uh, it sounds like tim conway crashes into about three or four different things and then you get uh uh raz pinky that her name is what it's like it's not stinky pinky <laughs> what's her what's her it's name kinky. pinky
0: pinky yeah
1: yeah yeah and it's um and and you know she's in there and she's being she's sort of um, uh she's kind of halfway between Pinky Descadero and Flo I think in that scene and she's kind of doing a, a sort of like the halfway point of that and she looks great she she looks fantastic and you know uh, and although yes. I, I I guess it's Bruce Valanche logic that she because both of the guys <laughs> arrived there to marry her at the same time. And she says something like, "How will I know which one of them I prefer until we get married?" And so, <laughs> and it, it's it's sort of like that's it, Bruce Valanche logic that I you know I don't understand it in my mind, but in my heart, I know it's right. <laughs> so I'm I'm all the way with the trucker sequence, and um, I, I would like to actually take it on to uh, the the second sequence, which um, a friend of mine who watched the special said, this was the sequence that almost made them turn it off. Cause they just sat there going, what the hell is this? And that's the chic sequence, Nate chic. What do you think?
2: Um, well, yeah, it was uh, very interesting, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, because originally like, it wasn't necessarily his wish. Uh, he, he made a sarcastic remark about yes. rather be in this Sahara desert than to play monopoly with the two witches. um, but, you know, when he, he knew they were going to send him, then he's like, OK, well, at least let me be rich and powerful, you know. So, you know, he, he has that. But I'm a big fan of Florence Henderson. I feel like she can chew the scenery very well. And I feel I feel like she's a big, you know, ham. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I just mean, like, I feel like no matter how ridiculous the role, no matter, you know, no matter what, she always seems to give it her all. Anyway, and this role of hers is very ridiculous. Yes. But I, she seems to be having so much fun with it that it's hard for me not to dislike it. Um, uh, it's hard for me, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if I said that right. I think Have I been drinking tonight not- and not not remembered? <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line I, is I really love this sketch as well. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't know function. if it's coming out that way. That's what I'm trying to say. I think, and I love I his chic's outfit with his big like hoop earring. Yes. <laughs> he's
1: he's a very chic chic. Oh uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Amanda, chic's your
0: thought? Uh, well, I do want to say that Florence Henderson looks amazing in her outfit. I remember I wrote about that in the my blog post. I really like her in Jodhpur's and the way they did like the finger waves in her hair. I thought she looked beautiful. I'm not a huge Florence Henderson fan, but that's because I don't like Mrs. Brady because she got Robert Reed when I should have. And so there's a whole <laughs> jealousy thing that's been going on for like the last 40 years. And so that's in my mind. But I think she's really good in this, and I, I think she looks spectacular throughout the whole episode. I think it's pretty funny, and I think some of the humor is subversive because it comes from the idea that Paul Lynde is not really interested in women. And I think that was a general piece of knowledge that people knew but never really spoke about. It's kind of like Charles Nelson Riley; Like we knew it, but if we didn't say it out loud, it was okay. And so to put him in these sexual scenarios, I think was a little subversive on the writer's part and pretty funny. It adds to the humor of it. In that respect, I think it elevates the sketch because I do think of everything that happens on the special is probably my least favorite, but I think it's still really fun.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, the, it, it has that joke with the, the Beretta reference with the cockatoo where he, he offers Florence Henderson a cockatoo. Uh, just like Beretta had. And that's the sort of thing where I, I that's to me, that's 100 percent Bruce Valanche where I sit there and I go, I don't even know if that's a joke. I'm not even sure what that is, <laughs> but it's still it's still a lot of fun to watch. So, yeah, this this also is my this is my least favorite part of it. But um, but they're they're given it they're all and Tim Tim Conway does show up right near the end. And so so I, I I'll roll with it. Let, let's let's go to the disco party because there are a few things I'd like to mention about this. Uh, Nate, have you ever been to a disco party?
2: No, I'm very saddened that when I was born, I mean, disco was pretty much over, so I never really got to experience disco except for in, on TV and in the movies.
1: Did you Did you feel like maybe you, sort of you were there after watching the Paul Lynn Halloween special?
2: Oh, absolutely! I felt like I was watching Florence Henderson singing at the disco parlor. or disco. What do they call them? discotheques
1: yes yes
2: yeah i felt like i was watching florence henderson singing but
1: which song does she sing in there is it old black magic i want to say
2: yeah i think it's old black magic actually Mm um i mean i'm not trying to get off the topic of this but um when she was singing for some reason all i could keep thinking about was when she lost her voice on the brady bunch and she got it back the day of she was supposed to sing uh, it was a christmas miracle
1: I would have loved if that had been a p- part of the uh, the actual special. Like that would you have know, been good. Yeah, it it would have been something like um, Paul would have like a Muppet Show kind of thing. Paul would have gone around and said, "Florence, we're on in five minutes." And she goes, "I've lost my voice." It's like, "Oh no, what are we going to do?" And then it comes back the last minute, maybe like she does a duet with Paul Stanley or something like that. That would have been great. I, oh, I, would, I would have, have loved been. it.
2: Mm. I love the decorations. I love the like the bat lights. Yeah, like they're so much fun.
1: They really do go to town with the set. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And there are a lot of great strangely dressed dancers who are who with are their pretty... wigs? Yes. Yes. Uh Amanda, disco party, how many have you been to? Uh
0: one that I can think of, but it was in someone's apartment so it wasn't nearly as grand, but I did buy a pair of bell bottoms and they were too big for me and I made my mom take them in so that i could wear them to this party. She was so great about it because i found them that day. And um i had a friend that was really really into disco music and the 70s and um it was a really really fun party. But then afterwards i went to the gay bar and got shit faced and danced to Madonna, which is where my heart really is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you what do you guys think of the uh, the kiss performances in that?
2: I love Kiss. I've always been a fan of theirs, so I love the performances. But um, it's almost like you said earlier, the at the end where it's a disco setting. It's just odd that you know to see Kiss at like at a disco. Yes, you know because they they don't sing disco music.
1: What is it? I think about three years after this, they would release what is it? Um, I was born for loving you, baby, which is as close as they got sort of to disco. But at this point, they're still Detroit Rock City king of the nighttime world all the way they, and they were when this uh special aired i think their next album rock and roll over was coming out in about a month or so so yeah it, it was fun to see i forgot um how much uh, chest hair paul stanley has you know you forget you forget that. and that's all real that's not like the paul lynn wig uh the chest hair wig <laughs> you know that's all real there anything else about paul lynn's halloween so i mean we could uh, legitimately talk about it all night but we won't do that folks cuz we want you to go see it and just know that it's a great time well, was there anything any
0: do you want to mention Donnie and Marie's cameo they're not even credited yeah. in it and they show up at the very beginning right in that number yes. and they just kind of mug it for the camera and then they're done
1: yeah and you, and you hear Paul Lynn like they stuff him in the trash can and you hear uh Paul Lynn from inside the trash can say something like very funny Donnie and Marie And, and literally they're in it. I mean, they, they were so big, I guess, in 76, because I know their show started in like January or February of 76, I think. So this was when the show was, I believe, top 20. So just the fact that sort of having them appear for five seconds is, is enough to, you know, Hey, it's Donnie Marie. And now we can, you know, if you want to say it, Donnie Marie are in it. I, I find that, that pretty fascinating one more thing yes.
0: oh my gosh I've totally forgotten what it is oh shit Witchy-poo? no although we could talk about it. this is the first time that uh witchy poo and Margaret Hamilton were at first and last time right that they were ever on screen together
2: yes That's and they're fascinating.
0: Great. like they're that great. somebody thought of that was like was pretty cool
2: I didn't know who witchy poo was before watching this
0: <gasps> Nate
2: <laughs> uh, who
1: is she <laughs> She, she, she's from H.R. Puff and Stuff, the Saturday morning show.
2: Oh, I've never heard of that, I don't think.
1: It's a, it's, well, it's, it's, it's funny. I was going to say for a second, I thought, but it, it's not, I don't believe. Because um, Sid Marty Croft, who created H.R. Puff and Stuff, and who I believe um, made the Donnie Marie show, and they also made like the Brady Bunch Hour, but I don't think they made this special. So it was very nice of them to lend the character Witchy Poo to the Paul Lynn Halloween special.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I remember what I wanted to say, by the way. Yes. Okay. So, you know, Paul Lynn had kind of, I think the legacy he left behind has been sort of tarnished because he had sort of a dark side that sort of came out later in later years. There was that murder of that kid that fell out of his apartment window and he was known sometimes to not be very nice. And, Something that struck me about this special is that when he's delivering the lines, there's definitely a sense of like he's sardonic and it's a little like, is there, is he thinly veiling all of that anger behind that pressed smile? But at the very, very end, when he's thanking everybody who participated in the special, he is so sincere. And it's like the whole facade that is Paul Lind is I know him as like the one punchline guy kind of disappears and you actually see like Paul in the man. And I think that it's a really interesting, very brief look at the real Paul land. And it makes me kind of sad that when people think of him now, they tend to think of him as like the, the comedian with this really dark side instead of just maybe this guy who is just funny sometimes. And also had could be in dark situations, but like more human, you know what I mean? He came across as really human to me at the end, I think is what I'm trying to say.
1: I agree. It it is it is a lovely moment, and it's it and there's one of my favorite moments in the whole special occurs when he's saying that, and he he says something he's he's saying I want to thank this person and this person, and behind him you could see everyone dancing, and sort of almost off half off screen you can see a Roz Kelly kind of dancing. And he, he says, and I also want to thank, you know, I forget if he calls her Pinky Tuscadero or Roz Pinky Tuscadero or Kelly or whatever it is. And you just hear, hear her in the background kind of go like, yeah, or something like that when he says it. And it's it's, it's a pretty cool moment.
0: <laughs> oh, Although, I didn't remember
1: that
2: moment. Now I want to go back. And
1: it, watch that. I, I didn't actually notice it until I just listened to it on audio. And that's where I heard like the Donnie and Marie line also because the crowd's laughing so hard. But, yeah, it's a really great little moment where you see your kind of like one hand kind of go up. Yeah it's pretty cool so and i will say the the moment that made my wife wince during this was they break into disco baby roz takes the first verse and roz kelly she you know she she's a she's a pretty decent actress she she looks great she's got great legs but she's not a singer and when she started singing, move it in, move it out, my wife said, oh, no, please, Piggy, stop. Please.
2: please stop. Oh, it, it was Aww. a la- disco, baby. You know, it's sort of like... um.
0: Do you think she boiled her hair?
2: Oh, yes. I wondered that myself. I thought maybe that was the reason for the wig in the first sketch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the, there's just... It, it, she sings the way sort of... Um, uh, like almost like Scott Bayo does on Joni Love's Chachi where it if if sings singing kind of quietly, I bet she'd be fine, but when she has to take it up, it's like it becomes like a like a hand on nails on the blackboard. It's like, ooh, pinky, ooh, back off. Ooh. And then Paul Lynn takes over for a verse and he actually, you know, sings he sings halfway decently. So but that that's one of my, my, a huge my Broadway my, my,
0: star.
1: Yeah, yeah. My I mean, yeah, that that was my, my wife who really enjoyed it that's the moment when she winced and i said okay babe she can you can leave the room if you want she didn't she stayed (laughs) (laughs) uh so uh everybody
0: stays
1: yeah in the end dogs cats we were all here uh is there any 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 background (laughs) info on it
0: there is not too much but um i found um an old interview with him talking about his comedy specials, so I'll just give you a little brief rundown. Lynn references another special he had made the year before at the beginning of this special, which is interesting because on IMDb everybody thinks that he's referencing a made-up Halloween special from the year before, but he actually had made um, a variety special called The pollen Comedy Hour, and it aired in 1975. At the time of the special, Lynn said during an interview that he was being courted for a weekly variety show series, an idea that he actually disliked but wasn't necessarily opposed to. He said that he was more interested in maybe doing five or six specials a year, um, and he ended up doing another comedy hour the year after the Halloween special aired. Uh, Although he tended to be known for his uh, anger issues, he said he liked putting a lot of sincerity into his performances, and that was very important to him. He said, if there's one thing I've learned, it's that audiences love to know the performers." He also said that in 1975, he was the highest-paid stage actor on Broadway thanks to his popularity on Hollywood Squares, which is awesome. He starred in two unsuccessful sitcoms. One is pretty famous. It's called The Paul Lynn Show. And then he was also in something called Temperatures Rising. He said the failure of those shows was because he was a punchline, belly laugh kind of actor, and sitcoms needed something more key. And um, he cited Bob Newhart as being brilliant at sitcom acting. As Dan said, the Kiss songs came from the then-recently-released Destroyer album. And, um, this was the primetime network debut for kiss, but it was actually not their television debut. They debuted on the Mike Douglas show, maybe the year before or that year. I can't remember. Also, Bruce Valanche said that Ringo Starr was, uh, Ringo Starr's son was the president of Kiss's fan club at the time. And I think he's the guy who helped wrangle them onto the special.
1: Thank you, Amanda. Hey, (laughs) Oh, Paul Lind. it's fantastic. Yeah. Folks. Uh, folks have all sorts of different responses to this special, but I think your, your main response should be, it's a fun time. You know, it's a, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. You, you guys know I'm a huge fan also of the Brady Bunch variety hour, which is sort of in the same realm. Uh, it doesn't have anyone uh, like Paul Lind. And I mean, Rip Taylor's on it, of course, who's, you know, making it great. I mean, I don't think Paul Lind ever showed up on that, but but as far as good time halloween stuff goes paul lind halloween special is out on dvd you can pick it up relatively cheap and for, for our first bit uh, the halloween that almost wasn't that's on vhs I, I don't i haven't actually looked to see what the prices are on that if you want to track yourself down a copy i'm hoping it's not that expensive but it might be you never know with these things uh, anyone have anything else on the great paul lind halloween special
2: i wish i could have been a part of it
1: <laughs> agreed
2: would you was say just man i
0: say i love ros kelly
1: yes yeah, and it's yeah it's and and in the commercial it's actually they don't even say her name, they just say Pinky Tuscadero, which is a little weird. But hey, you know she okay. got you got it. Yeah, all right. So uh, yeah, those are our two Halloween specials, everyone. They're a great time. I mean, you you watch the two of them together, it's it's uh, like seventy five minutes of just great entertainment. I would say assemble somewhere where you can watch them this season, please. Thank you. And uh, do we have any uh, anything else, Amanda?
0: Just our uh, contact stuff and then what we're all doing. So I'll just go over this quickly. We didn't have any feedback for this episode. Somebody did leave one thing on Twitter, but I went back and I couldn't find it on either of my Twitter feeds. I think it was Elizabeth Irwin. And if it's you, I'm sorry I missed you. She said something about really enjoying the Halloween, the Paul and Halloween special. So I think she's in our camp and I appreciate that. Um, if you want to contact us, so there's many different ways to visit us. You want to go to our website because I'm going to be posting those pictures of the Halloween that almost wasn't interiors alongside the current interiors of the house in Terrytown where they shot it. So you can visit our website at tvmayhempodcast.wordpress.com. You can find us on Twitter at tvmayhempodcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at the Made for TV Mayhem show, or you can email us at tvmayhempodcast at gmail.com. I want to apologize for the sound of this. I I have a feeling when I edit it, it's going to be a little awkward, but um, Dan did a really great job keeping everything going and he saved our butt. So thank you. Um, I think Dan and Nate aren't on delay, so they are going to sound really natural. I'm going to sound like I'm from another planet. So forgive me. Uh, We're actually going on pod hiatus in November because I'm going to be out of the country, which I'll talk about in a second. And we're going to come back for Christmas. I haven't decided on what the Christmas special is going to be yet, but I think it's just going to be a movie and maybe a special. And hopefully we can get a guest. We'll see. Uh, So for November... I think you should go back and revisit any episodes you might not have heard yet. We have a bunch now, and um, I think you'll see we've covered a lot of the classics and a lot of really obscure films, so please visit us on iTunes at the Made for TV Mayhem show or listen to it on our website. I have a book coming out. Uh, we're having a special launch for it in November, which is why I'm not going to be here. It's The book is called Are You in the House Alone? A TV Movie Compendium, 1964-1999. to 1999. Uh, the book is going to be available actually in April of 2017, officially through sites like Amazon and maybe at bookstores. I'm not sure yet. Um, but actually, after the book launch, which is at the end of November at Monster Fest, we are going to be selling the book through Head Press's website. Head Press is the publisher. I will have a link to that sometime in November and I will post it on all the social media networks and on our website. Dan's in the book. Uh, He wrote some really good reviews. He had all the big ones. He got to do Duel and Trilogy of Terror. I forgot he did The Spell, which is great because somebody asked me if it was in the book and I said it wasn't. So now I can go back and tell them that it is because they introduced me to The Spell. So that's a big movie for them. So I'm actually going to be in Australia at the end of November at Monster Fest. I think the festival is from November 24th to 27th. So if you are in Melbourne, Australia, and you love film festivals, I think you should come check it out. We'll have the book there. We're going to have two different versions of it, the hardcover and the paperback, I believe. Also, I am a member of the Short Film Jury, so we're also going to have a Short Film Award, and I guess I'll be there for that. So if you are somehow listening from down under and you're interested, please stop by and introduce yourself to me. I would love to meet you. Um, Dan, what do you have going on?
1: Well, I, my, uh, podcast eventually super train rolls on. You see what I did there. Uh, and we're still, uh, Joni loves Chachi Cobra and cliffhangers. Although at this point cliffhangers is almost done. So in December, a brand new show will be rotated in as cliffhangers comes out. Plus every two weeks for the next, like, uh, six weeks. Uh, I've been releasing mini right after HBO Westworld airs. I've been uh, releasing mini reviewing the other Westworld TV series, Beyond Westworld, from 1980. And the other thing I have is Dan's driving Double Feature. Uh, three episodes up so far. The most recent one is me talking about Carnival of Blood and Curse of the Headless Horseman. And I'm hoping to get up another one before Halloween. So that's, that's what's going on here.
2: I love that new Westworld show. Right. I'm sorry I had to say it. <laughs> um, and I've got um, the Hysteria Continues podcast. We just covered Halloween Resurrection. Yay! <laughs> I'm, spoiler you. alert: I'm not a fan.
0: <laughs> Who
2: is? Uh,
1: yeah, that would be my
2: question. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, mean, I I'm sure there's there's some fans out there for sure. Busta. <gasps> yeah, Busta. Yeah.
1: Mr. Mrs. rhymes
0: <laughs> maybe
1: Possibly. All right everyone I think uh, I think that's about it for the uh, the Halloween uh, episode uh, yay uh, Halloween hooray yeah and um, Amanda yay. would you like to, to sign us out and keep us scary?
0: Yeah I'm gonna close us out with the musical intermission from or the end theme from the Halloween that almost wasn't by somebody named Zenobia. you want guys want to say goodbye?
1: We'll say goodbye now and happy. I don't happy, want to, but
0: I will. Yeah,
1: <laughs> happy, happy <laughs> Halloween, everyone. Have a great, have a great day.
2: Bye. Bye. Everybody.